have you this morning. Everybody tell me hi. Oh, you're so nice. I appreciate that. Let's welcome our online guests. God bless you. Thanks for coming with us. So excited to have you with us today. Uh, we are in some exciting times, and our church is kind of turned a corner and we're on the grow and we're thanking the Lord for that and we're believing God for a great a season in this holiday area. How many are, I'm, I don't know, I'm a Christmas nut so I like Christmas, but uh, I'm, we're believing for just cool things. That Christmas Eve service coming up, you won't want to miss that. And I'm, I'm thinking about doing something towards the end of this month that's going to be kind of cool as well and uh, if I can figure that out, I'll make that announcement next week. But uh, we're, you know, just as a great time just to enjoy the fellowship and family of friends at church and, and bringing guests and just letting them come. So we welcome the guests that are online. So good to have you with us. I got the privilege of being with uh, uh, Pastor Drenda, preached at Faith Life last night. Uh, Pastor Gary is with our good friend, uh, Dr. and Pastor Tom Anderson in Mesa, Arizona, doing a Ford Financial, I think, or a, a conference of some kind there. I talked to Dr. Tom the other day, and, and I know he, he calls Pastor Gary Kesey instead of Kesey, but it, I just always thought it was cute how he said it. Pastor Kesey's going to be here. And I'm like, so I love Pastor Tom and Pastor Maureen, great friends of ours. We've had them at the other place. They're, they're, we're looking at our schedules to, uh, to see when we can get them back here as well. But God's got great things in store for you. I'm just excited today. This is what I want to talk about, and it'll only take a few minutes, so just give me some attention uh, so that we can get into this word. But have you ever felt like you're just stuck? I got a video I want you to see, and I want you to watch this for just a second, and then we'll talk about promotion. We all have been given 24-7, 365. You have been given exactly the same amount of time as Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, or Jeff Bezos. The difference between their outcome and yours is what you do with your time here. In our fast-paced, always turbulent global economy, managing time and staying productive has never been more important and more challenging. It has been measured that today we are working longer hours than ever before and producing less than we used to and are more stressed out and unfulfilled than at any other time in human history. It is time to put a stop to this. It is time to put you back in control of your time and your life. Now, this might sound like just semantics here, but there is a real clue in the direction of this. You see, you can't really manage time. Time's going to march on with or without you, no matter what you do. You can't manage the fact that the Earth is spinning around the sun at 16,000 miles an hour, distributing to all of us 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, and 86,400 seconds in a day. Nothing you do will change that. The only thing you can do is manage yourself on this spinning orb, your behavior, and the choices that you make on how you spend your time each day, and make it count. Now, as I mentioned, you can't really manage time. The topic in the name itself is a misnomer. There is not the management of time. There is only the management of you. Tell us, how can you better manage you inside this 24-7, 365 matrix of time today? That's a pretty cute little video. You know, the, you ever hear the guy's voice? He talks like William Shatner from Star Trek. Then, I must get to the ship. Just my own observation. Not that that has anything to do with anything else. I want to talk this morning 
about a pathway to promotion. Because sometimes we, we're believing and we have dreams. God puts you, how many believes God gives you a dream or a vision or you see something better than what you have it now? Or you've been in the muck and it feels like you're walking with mud on your feet and they're 10 pounds each and you got to go uphill and carry, you know what I'm saying? So, but you, you know somehow I'm doing this for a reason because God, there is something at the end. There is, so to speak, uh, a pot at the end of the rainbow. Now I'm not, I, but what if we did this God's way? What if in this 24-hour thing that we did, God, how do I get promoted? How do I get from A to Z or anywhere along the line? In America now, we are all almost, mindset is, I don't want to do B, C, D and go to, just get me from A to Z. Give me the cliff note version. Give me the shortcut. Give me whatever. Give me the little place that I can put and just click on. I don't want to have to do all the things that whoever did. And I get that to some, there's wisdom in some of that, but some of it, how many knows you need to go through that because that's where you get developed. We need to figure that out. We need to figure, God, how do I get promoted? So this morning, I mean, at first I thought, let's put up a clip from Groundhog Day. Hitting that clock every day, same thing. But I thought, well, this is a little more professional. Um, but I want some light at the end of the tunnel. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. They said it in the video, but it is so, it is a biblical truth. You're the tipping point. You're the one that determines if you go forward, if you stay stagnant, whatever you do, it is you that is the tipping point of this. If you're feeling stuck, because let's just be honest, God has made you for promotion. You're not supposed to stay stuck. Your every year shouldn't be the same. It should have some kind of a, a influx of an advance with it. You should feel better about your job or your family or your growth inside, your spiritual growth or whatever. If you're doing nothing for it, it might be the reason why you're stuck. It's time to skip the middleman and start getting promoted quicker. So it's time for us to look in the mirror and say, God, what do you want me to do that I'm not doing? I'm going to give you five prerequisites. Actually, I'm going to give you six. There's only five in the notes, but I'm going to give you six so that you can get past where you're stuck at. So that what you say is, this is impossible, or what others say, or the enemy says, with God, all things are possible. If God gave you the dream, it's possible through him. Let me just say, if your dreams are only possible through you, they're not God dreams. Because his dreams are going to, it's going to take him to fulfill them. They're going to be bigger. What we do in America so much is we just wait around for it to change. Oh, it'll, it'll eventually change, so I'll just wait. Or we try to make our own way. We try to convince everybody around us, well, I'm so deserving of this or whatever, and I get it and I understand but we don't want to wait for God to move. A wise person once said, you must be worthy of being promoted. You have to give God something to work with. There's a guy who walked by a garden and he said it was beautiful. And he told the guy, he said, man, your garden is beautiful. And the guy said, man, you should have seen it when God just took care of it. It was in a terrible state. And now you might say, that's wrong. No, God always uses people. He wants you to take care of the garden. You know, if you got weeds in your garden, you got to pull them. Because I'm not doing your garden work. You got to go in your own garden. You got to pull your weeds. And let me just say, Wednesday, I don't know exactly all of what we're going to talk about, but I think God's going to deliver some folks Wednesday. 
I think there's going to be some stuff happening Wednesday because God wants people free. He wants people to be promoted. Here's five prerequisites. It's in your hands. Here's number one. Have a servant's heart. Psalm 116, 16. Oh, Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I'm your servant. Born into your household. You've freed me from my chains. And we just sang, break every chain. Sometimes we say it, but do we really mean it? I mean, I'm just telling you, we here at TLC, we, we stand on the word. That's what we stand on. If the word says it, that's right. I don't go, let me find out what I believe and then see if I can find a scripture that goes with what I believe. No, I line up my belief with the word. And there's so many things in society now that you have to tolerate. Now, without, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying we need to stand strong and be the light in a dark place. Black is black, white is white, right is right, wrong is wrong. We have people that are like, uh, God understands. It's okay if I, if I do this. If it's in the book and it says it's not okay, it's not okay. I don't care what man tells you, it's not okay. We have to love everybody. Loving is one thing. Condoning is another. I'll get off my soapbox, so let me move on. Okay. When we're focused on promotion, if we're all focused about us, we are self-centered. If we're just, Lord, I want to know when's my time. And I'm preaching to myself as well. I get it. God has given me dreams and stuff, and I'm just like, Lord, when, when? Have you ever felt that? But it's a tough shift to focus off yourself and focus on others. But yet, for a God promotion, you have to have a servant's heart. you got to start being more others-focused. Promotion begins on the inside. In other words, it's not just about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about others. God, what are you calling me to do? You know, I met with our dream team this morning, and what I told our dream team was this. We're going to go one hour strong. Yeah, we do two services, but we're doing one hour each. One hour strong. One hour strong. And here's what you got to know. If you're the pastor, oh, you're just getting because you're the pastor and God just bless you. you you got to understand this. you got to get this chip off your shoulder. That's what he's called me to do. But if you're called to do something else, you're just as important and just as anointed to do. I couldn't do what you do. So understand this. If you serve in the kingdom, the same blessing that the pastor gets, you get. That's how the kingdom works. So we just have to say, okay, God, let me get my mind off me and get my mind on you. Who do you want me to help today? We have this in our mindset. Oh, God, I'll do anything. I'll go to China. I'll go here. I'll go wherever. I'll go to Africa. And God says, I want you to go next door. Not doing that. They don't like me. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph went from the pit to the palace by serving. He served Potiphar, falsely accused. Did he like it? No. Got thrown in jail. Did he like that? No. Spent like 13 years in jail. But he served the jailer. And then later, he's you know, almost really second in charge of the entire country. Because he understood servanthood. A servant's heart. And he had a heart for God. Now... The Bible could say Joseph was bitter and he spent all this time saying, you know, this is so undeserving. But it doesn't record that. 
it just records that this was something he made choices to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'll make a choice. You might not like your job. You might not like your boss. But serve them well. You won't always be there. For you to get somewhere else, serve the Lord. What you put your hand to, do it as of unto the Lord. I have not always been lead pastor, senior pastor. I have before been on staff in two different churches, assistant pastor, youth pastor, um, and any uh, praise and worship leader, any other job they gave me, Royal Ranger, senior commander, all that kind of stuff. Get it. I understand. But in some of those cases, and at least one of them for sure, was not always easy to serve. My, my pastor made it hard. When it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was bad. But do you know, in the, in the hard times, that's where you get tested, isn't it? That's where you get developed. And this is what we think. We think the enemy brings all of that. Now, I'm not saying that God brings hardship, but I'm saying he's going to, what the enemy means for harm, God will make for good. Guess who put Jesus in the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. Read it. After he was baptized, the Holy Spirit. We need some of this so that we understand how to stand. We know what's right and what's wrong, and we stand for what's right. Dear God, we need churches that will just say, you know what, this is right. The Bible says that. I'm not saying I don't love you. I'm just saying this is right. David got promoted. You know, when they came to anoint for king, David was out in the field. They just left him there. You ever feel like you're the kid that gets forgotten? You don't have to raise your hand. Especially if you're a kid and your parents are here. Don't raise your hand. But they brought him in, and you know, later David became king, but he understood how to serve the king. You see, in, in the world's eyes, you, they might say, oh, you're nothing. I, I know that family, or I know that. Can I just say, if your family's got a bad rep because of whatever, and you didn't, then let it stop there. There's a new sheriff in town. You make the choice. I'm going to change the way that is right now. I'm going to make a good name for myself, for the kingdom. What can we learn from the Joseph and David? They were faithful and honorable, even in the lowest positions. God told them what their destinies were. But listen, here's the thing that we end up getting because we live in the microwave society. I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. How come my Big Mac's taking more than two minutes to get to me? You ever felt that? I'm going to go get in the line, and the line's there, and it's like not moving, and you are getting mad at the car up by the window thinking, what have you ordered that I can't get my food? Don't look at me like that, because <laughs> I can't be the only one that thinks that. Then i got to check myself and go, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. They didn't resent arriving in God's timing. See, sometimes we're in an instant society. We want it now. We're like that J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. And we want everything right now. Well, what if your promotion, you need to be seasoned a little bit? What if you're not ready? The Bible says don't even put people in leadership that aren't ready. They're newborn Christians. They don't understand. Be careful because I could hurt them. Not purposefully but because they are not ready to handle what God is wanting them to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because, I mean, this is just true. We want everything, and we want it quickly with not much labor. 
And I get it that there is some labor that we, we try to work too much at when we need to let God and we need to sow and reap and understand all that. I get that. But there's another part of it that's just laziness. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you're not where you want to be today, it's, it could be that there's just some of these that maybe we've overlooked. And so all I'm trying to do is help each other, help myself. So I got to look in the mirror. I want to keep moving in the will of God because the will of God will promote you. So here's our second prerequisite. Be humble. Humility. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord. He'll lift you up in honor. James 4.10. Having a servant's heart is going to require humility. But walking in humility goes beyond that. If you want to be promoted in your family, your job, you want your relationships to be better, your finances, or any other area, you've got to look out for pride. You might say, well, Brett, I don't have a problem with pride. That could be your first problem. Because if you're human, you're going to have to deal with pride somewhere, sometime. It's ugly, and sometimes he just, you know. So you've got to deal with your flesh because there's got to be a, a point. Have you ever been to Cedar Point? Used to work there. Two summers. But let's just say, waited in line. Two hours in line to get up to the ride, and they close it down. That's not right. I just wasted two hours, and they say, I'm sorry, the, rose will be, the ride will be closed indefinitely. You can come back later. We'll reopen in a little bit. I just lost two hours of standing in line. I could have been doing something else, eating cheese on a stick or something, something healthy. Pride, you're going to have to deal with pride. It's not just an attitude, it is a dream killer. It'll rob you of everything you're believing for and halt your miracles. That's James 4, 6. Think about this. That's why the enemy tempts us with pride. That's, why, that's what got him kicked out in the first place. He had those five eyes. He was one of God's angels and he was, I could do, I could do, I could do. And he said, you're out of here. See, if he can get you into pride, then you are all about self. You're not about the kingdom. You're not about God. You're not about anybody else. It's just me, 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 mine, mine, mine. You can't hurt me. You can't do this. Ah, it's all about me. He can devour you if you let pride get control. You have to have a humble spirit. So what is it? The Bible says clothed in humility, 1 Peter 5, 5. It's not a one-time deal. You don't wear your clothes the same clothes, at least I hope not, every day. You're going to have to put on something new. So what does it look like? Humility does this. It thinks of others first. It is content being behind the scenes. It doesn't push its way to the front. It willingly submits. It graciously receives correction. It makes adjustments where needed. It doesn't ruin an apology with an excuse. Boy, have I done that one. Expects nothing and appreciates everything. Accepts responsibility and doesn't shift blame. It's easy to live with, work with, and be with. You see, pride has got to die. Humble people that are walking in humility, they're not saying, it's in me. Get the lights on me. Let me just give you a, a quick example. PK, wonderful. She doesn't like being in the limelight. She doesn't like, I mean... She's got a calling on her life. She's a gifted speaker. 
she, you don't know this, but that girl can not just sing, she can sing. And I sure wish somebody would help me get her to sing. Because who do you think she, who would Mallory get it from? She could, man, that, she can sing. If she sang a couple songs that I've asked her to sing, and I'm hoping that God just convicts her till she can't stand it. We would, I'm serious, the roof on this place would probably lift up and we'd probably see heaven. It's, I mean, that's the kind of, it's just like shut the front door singing. And you're like, well, you have to say that, she's your wife. Well, I don't have to say that, she is my wife, but I'm just saying, that girl can sing. On with my story. She doesn't like to be up front. Me neither, I'm totally shy. So when we were on staff at one church, they found out she could not only sing, and she didn't want to, so she didn't sing. They found out she can play. She can hear something and go play it. Part of me is like, how come I don't have that gift? But I mean, she could just, we, she was a great mom. The kids, you know, how many remember Veggie Tales? She could hear a song. We'd be in the, in the van. Those are the days of the van. When we had kids, had to have a van. We had enough fries in there. It could feed Noah and his whole family. Because, you know. But you had a van because you packed them in the van. And the van was awesome for a mom because you could get out of your seat and go back and correct in the van. If you're in a car, you can't. You have to pull over. No, not in a van. That seatbelt comes undone. Your party's over. My kids, my boys would be back there hitting each other and then clicking. They'd be like, ah! Because mama's coming back. Anyway, she'd go home and she'd just go, oh, and they'd gather around the piano and she's got no music. And she's, she's playing, where is my hairbrush? Where? And the kids are going, where, oh, where, oh, where? And then, you know, I want a cheeseburger. My li-, you know. I'm like, how do you know these? She just said, I just, I don't know. I just hear it and then play it. So she knows chord progressions. She knows all that stuff. But she didn't want to be in the limelight. But because they found out, they put her back there. And she'd sit behind the piano. True story. She didn't know I was going to say this. And they had, you know, it was a, it was a, the wife of the pastor played, it was an organ, and then there was a piano. So she had, the, the piano was behind the organ. So here's little Kim back there behind the piano. You know, it's kind of like the ghost in Mr. Chicken. She's back there, and she's got this thing. And you can't, I can only see, that was back in the bigger hair days. I can only see the top of her hair. She, and she liked that because she was hiding. She didn't want everybody to see her. She didn't want any credit for it. She didn't want to get announced, you know, any of that. Um, because that's just not her personality. She, she's not doing it for that. Pride needs to be handled by humility. Sometimes we need to to be able to get correction from people, myself included. Maybe your headship or your spouse. And how you handle that will help you in your promotion. Pride sets you up for a fail. Humility sets you up for an honor. Here's our third. Diligence. Proverbs 10.4. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 10.4. Diligence is the door to promotion, and you can't qualify without it. You have to be diligent. 
Are you diligent? A diligent person is conscientious of their work or duties, industrious, hardworking, meticulous, thorough. They do more than what's expected. They're dependable. They're punctual. They're constant. They're stable. They're focused. They're diligent. They're on task. They stay focused. When we meet with the dream team, that's what I tell them. Stay on point. Get on your post. Get ready. But I want to go over here. And I'm not saying they're saying this, but listen, that's why I'm, you know, I don't want you to go on over to your neighbor and just sipping coffee and talking. You can sip coffee with your neighbor any day. But on point, we're going to watch for guests coming in because what's most important? Servanthood into the kingdom. That's what we want you to be on point with. That description, does it describe you? Are you diligent? The Bible tells us more about diligent people and what they receive. They receive diligent people, they're hard workers. Proverbs 10.4, lazy hands make a man poor, diligent hand brings wealth. We just read that. But it comes to people that work hard. Diligent people uh, thoughtfully plan. They aren't hasty in their decisions. They think ahead and plan well. You can plan your day or your day will plan you. They, they start thinking, okay, if I don't want these results at the end of this time, what am I doing? If I don't do anything different, why do I expect different results? Help me. Then we've got we to gotta look at stuff. So they plan. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surety and haste leads to poverty. Diligent people serve great leaders. Proverbs 22.29, a hardworking man, do you know them? He shall be successful and stand before kings. They're not overlooked for long because they end up in the highest places because they know how to serve. And just like I said before, you might say, well, well, how come this or how come? Just check this out. If you serve where you're supposed to be, you get the same reward. That's awesome. Diligent people are resourceful and care what they have. Proverbs 12, 27, a diligent man makes good use of everything he finds. Here's a pastor that used to drive by the homes of the associate pastor to inspect their garages. Now I'm like, you know, because he felt like he could tell what kind of character or what kind of servant they were. <clears throat> we're, we're all getting ready here, uh, hopefully, that you vote. How many like to vote? That's a, that's a freedom you have in this country. You, you need to take authority and because if you don't vote, don't complain. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, if somebody is saying, hey, we need to keep marrying looking nice, and you're making that, you're putting that out there, and somebody drives by your house, and your house looks like Green Acres is the place to be, farm living. If your house looks like that, don't be telling me to pick up my yard when you got junk in yours. Oh, well. Had a guy that came to our church recommended by somebody else. And I don't mind recommendations, but I've changed the way that I do things. I, if they're recommended, then I still make sure that, God, is this something you want me to do? But they came, and the guy wanted, he said, I want to raise money. I want a new trailer, uh, an RV. And I, I remember the Lord telling me, as soon as he said, and he told me, the, and he showed a picture, and this is the price. And it was, you know, they're not cheap. And the Lord spoke to me right away and said, Ask him to see his trailer. Tell him you want to see it. I said, I want to see your trailer. He looked at me and said, why? I said, I feel the Lord wants me to go see it. He said, okay. So he had it parked outside the church. So I went, and it was terrible. It was awful. It reeked. 
it stunk. I mean, it was, it was nasty. And he said, yeah, oh, man, will you help me? I mean, you can see. I need a new trailer. I'm like, and this is basically what the Lord said. He doesn't even take care of, I mean, it was gross. He said, will you help me raise the money? I said, no. He said, why? I said, because you don't take care of that one. What makes me believe you'll take care of a brand new one? Did you hear that? Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm anybody because I'm not. I'm just like you. But what I'm saying is be a servant with what you have, and God will help you get what you need and make it better. Take care of what you have. And so this is what I proposed to him. I said, we're going to get a team in here. We're going to clean this thing up. And we had a woodworker in the church and helped make new trim and everything. Did all that thing. And people even came to me and said, we need a mask. I can't work in there. It was nasty. We cleaned it up. It looked like a brand new trailer on the inside. I don't know if he kept it or if he tried then to sell it. I, I have no idea. But here's what I'm trying to tell you is be a good steward. Be one of these people that are ready for promotion. God, help me to be diligent with the things that you have me in my care. So what if you, you know, well, I'm not Elmer Fudd. I don't have a mansion and a yacht. Well, how, how do you take care of the house you have? Take care of it. Be diligent. Diligent people become great leaders. 1224, when you work hard, you'll become a leader. You got to work hard. You got to work at it. Put your hand. God blesses the work of your hands. You want the kingdom to be involved, then you have to be involved. Because where does the kingdom live? Come on, I've taught you that. Where does it live? In you. The kingdom of God is in you. So if you want God to be involved, then, then you need to get God with you on what he's telling you to do. To get promoted, put your hand to it, and watch what happens. Here's number four, Faithfulness. Proverbs 26, many will say they're loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? So far, we've discussed all of these things, and they are non-negotiable. So is faithfulness. Sometimes it seems like it's a lost art. God is looking for faithful people that will stay faithful. When the going gets tough, we've heard that saying, the tough get going. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Well, what if we stayed when the going got tough. Nobody will fight Goliath, but what if there's a young man that says, I'll fight him. Promotion will chase after you and overtake you. Let's look at some Bible characteristics of a faithful person. Faithful people can be trusted by those they serve. They keep a confidence. They don't reveal secrets, go around talking about matters they should be keeping quiet about. They are not gossips. Proverbs eleven thirteen. Faithful people are loyal. They don't cheat, steal, or abuse their positions. They're truthful and honest. They don't lie or bend the truth. They're reliable and dependable. They show up on time. They do what they say they'll do. Their yes is yes. Their no is no. How many people? Let's go back and do that. Can we do that? Faithfulness is a prerequisite for your pathway to promotion. Luke 16, 10. If you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. When you're faithful where God has placed you, he'll know he can trust you with even more. I mean, it's proven throughout Scripture, even the talents. Get, take away from this guy. Give it back to the guy that, that took that and made more. Why? Because he was faithful with that. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter. God is looking for faithful people. A faithful man will abound with blessings, Proverbs 28, 20. 
Here's our prerequisite number five, integrity. Proverbs 27, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Do you know your, your kids are watching? Your kids are watching. You ever get a speeding ticket? I got a speeding ticket. I had a boat behind me and the light turned and I knew I couldn't stop because, you know, if you're pulling something, it's kind of pushing you. So I sped up and went through the intersection just to find a wonderful police officer saying, hi, I'd like to get your autograph. And I pulled over and Zach said to me, what are they going to give you, daddy? They're going to give me a ticket. And when they pulled over, they said, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, because I sped through that stoplight. And I said, I couldn't stop. And I clocked you at going, I don't know what it was, 62 and a 55 or something like that, you know. I don't remember. But it wasn't terrible, but it was still. And they asked me, and I said, well, you're right. And they looked at me like, I can't believe it, you know. And they said, well, I appreciate your honesty. Didn't stop them from giving me the ticket, but they appreciated my honesty. But you know why? My kids were watching. And even more importantly, God is watching. Faithful man will abound with blessings. Blessed are the children who follow people of integrity. Galatians 6, 7 tells us we reap what we sow. If we connect the dots, it's easy to see sowing integrity will produce a harvest of promotion. See, when we only think of sowing and reaping, we, our mind automatically goes to money. What if it's not just money? Can I tell you this? If you sow judgment, you reap judgment. You sow bitterness, you reap it. You sow integrity, you reap it. Promotion follows. God is looking for people that will stand up and show him how strong he is. It is a non-negotiable with God. It is valued very highly. It seems like it's harder for Christians because we are being watched. Everybody that doesn't know Christ and knows that you know Christ, they watch what you do. They see how you act, how you respond. Do you do it with integrity or are they got the, here's another stone they can throw at the case of Christ. Don't you think he's been stoned enough? What if we could operate a little different? What if it's going to cost us maybe not being the most popular? Sometimes don't we seem to do things depending on who's around? It's hard. 2 Corinthians 8.21, we are careful to be honorable before the Lord but we also want everyone else to see that we are honorable. You see, our life is a letter that anybody can read, and especially the ones that don't believe. They see how you handle the same things they're going through. We are being read like a book, so to speak. Say something wrong and you say you're a believer, they'll go, aha! You just... And people will split hairs on anything so that they can go, okay, then, then this isn't true then. Okay, was it grapes or was it wine? They want to split hairs on, on stuff like that. You know, Bible tells us so many things that are very plain and clear. And some things, we don't really know the complete answer. 
And we've got people that are willing to split hairs on this and that and whatever. You know what? Bottom line is, do you, do you believe that Christ died on the cross? And that your sins are forgiven. And then past salvation, not just so you can slide under the door, but God wants you to live to a level that you've dreamed about. So that the world will go, what is going on? There are people that will just split a hair with you just because no matter what you tell them, they just want to try to prove you wrong. Just to make you mad. Just to get you flustered. And it is birthed out of the enemy. How important is integrity? That's what qualifies you on your pathway to promotion. To the finest detail, the little things that matter. Those details make a difference. If you're going to buy a car and you see somebody that's detailed a car out and it looks really nice, you have a more chance of buying that car than a car that's just been sitting there and everything but the kitchen sink is laying around. Is that not true? Because if they didn't take care of the car, you're thinking they probably never changed the oil, nothing ever got done to it, but somebody that meticulously took care of their car, you're almost like, "Mm, I feel a little better about buying this one. So it is with integrity, taking care of details. Let me tell you how the Bible defines it. Psalm 15, 1 through 5 breaks it down. Living a blameless life, do what's right, even when it looks like it would be to your disadvantage. Mm -mm. Keep your word no matter what. Show up when you say you're going to show up. Do what you say you'll do. Give what you say you'll give. Do the right thing. Return things when you borrow, like rental cars, in better shape than when you got them. Here's one. Return excess chains accidentally given to you. Do you do that? We've had to do that. Just taking change back. We had just the other day... We, we got our groceries home, and inside one of the bags at Walmart was Pepsid AC, or DC. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I just know I didn't buy it. And Kim goes, we didn't get this. I'm like, how did it get there? Uh, somebody must have didn't pick it up in their bag, and they put it in with ours. So I took it back. Now, some people would be like, well, you could have, I mean, but I didn't pay for it. So I took it back, and when I took it back to the service desk, and I told her that just what I told you, this must have been the person before us. We didn't pay for this, nor did we pick it up. And she goes, so you're bringing it back? Yeah. Gave it to her, and she's like, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And the peace of release is awesome. If you get undercharged, do you tell them? Or do you go, <laughs> their fault, my blessing. Thank you, Jesus. That's not integrity. We went to Cedar Point, Pastor Gary and Drenda, Kim and I, kids were there and we were at Cedar Point. And Maddie, Maddie, I, I said this in first service, Maddie's, one of her favorite is mac and cheese. In heaven, there will be mac and cheese. Probably most angels eat mac and cheese. And Maddie judges mac and cheese. She'll be like, ooh, that's like eating a baby angel. That's so good. She loves mac and cheese. So anyway, we were eating at this buffet at Cedar Point, and it's like $14 at that time a person. And so I asked the waitress, I was asking Maddie, what do you want? I don't want any of that. 
I mean, they had all kinds of stuff, you know, in a buffet. They've got pizza. They've got meatloaf. They've got chicken. They've got, you know, and I'm like, Maddie, there's mac and cheese up there. Well, that's all I want. So I asked the lady, and she said, well, you kind of really need to buy the whole thing. We don't sell it separately. But listen, it's okay. I'll just give you the mac and cheese because Kim and I bought a buffet. And, and see, automatically our mind is like, oh, that's right. That's wrong. Now let me explain. Maddie is eating off that. Now, if it's, if it's an infant, I get it. But when she's not an infant and she's making, I mean, she could go out and buy fries. You know what I'm saying? But we're in here, so we're in that establishment, so we're under the rules. That's, you understand authority? So we're under, under their rules. And the, the waitress said, don't, don't worry about it. So Pastor Gary and I are having this talk. And I said, should, should I? Can I? Can I? That would be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, that's a good deal, right? And I, I mean, I don't remember my exact words, but Gary is like the Staples Easy button. I, am, I don't care, you know, what it is. He'll believe for it, done. And he'll go, is that what you think you should do? Well, now I'm beginning to wonder, I guess it's not what I think I should do. But my heart was already saying I should do that. You know, because I was like, oh, that's a bargain. I don't have to pay 15 bucks or 14 or whatever. But Gary made me help make my decision. Do you know what I'm saying? The accountability of having him there. Here's the bad thing and the good thing. The bad thing is, had he not been there, I'd have walked out of there feeling guilty, but also thought, you know what? I got a good deal. Now, if you don't think like that, I'm just telling you, we've all probably had thoughts like that. But because he was there, it made me rethink what I was thinking. So he didn't say anything else. So when we went up to pay for it, he stood outside the door, and he was watching me. Bless his heart. But I love him. I mean, he is uh, one of my best friends. I love Pastor Gary because he is this way. And so the waitress said again, now don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. But how many knows the waitress doesn't own the, the restaurant? The waitress does not care about profit and loss. The waitress is probably promoted in her own mind by if I'm nice to these people, I get a bigger tip. I doubt she's going to share that and say, take $14 out of my tip money today because the little girl got mac and cheese. She's not going to say that. So when we got up there, I said, listen, our bill only shows this, but my daughter ate off the bar too. I need to pay for her. And they said, oh, okay. And I said, no. Please, I, I need to pay for her. So I paid for her. And there's that, there's that fight of $15, $14. But then once it's done, it's just like, then peace floods in. And I walk out. Here's Pastor Gary. I was watching you. I was like, I wish you weren't. <laughs> but, but you know what? I learned a lesson understanding Integrity. Is God not bigger than $14? Would I rather walk in blessing or try to come in under the table and just so I can get a deal? No. We need to walk in integrity. My wife is very integrable. If she even thinks that it's this, she will just like, we need to, oh, let's, let's you know. I'm like, hold on, girl. Let's figure this out first. But she will know, let's go above and beyond the means. Integrity. It is a 
promotion qualifier. Amen. So many times we are stuck in the same place because we don't practice some of these things. And it's, we are the tipping point. It's up to us. God has to do his part, and he will. We have to do ours. Now, here's the last one. It wasn't in the notes, so I, you, it's not going to come up behind me, so you need to hear this. So this morning when I was praying, and I was getting this ready, and I was reviewing it, and the Lord said, add obedience. I said, I don't have it in the notes. Cricket? Cricket? Add obedience. Tell them about obedience. So here's the, here's the thing about obedience. Sometimes... We, you know, we're waiting on this promotion, but what if, what if you're like, God, I, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing my best to be integral. I, I'm being humble. I'm, I'm doing everything that, that PB just listed. What is going on? What if, if you could peel the onion back, there's one thing. Maybe it's little. Maybe it's minor. Maybe it's not so minor. I don't know. But if he's told you to do something and you haven't done it, you're blocking your blessing. Are you catching that? It could be something, you have to do it in faith. You're going to have to say, okay, God, you know, and, but you might have rationalized it out or reasoned it out. I mean, this works for me as well. This isn't, I'm not exempt for it. But we have to say, God, give me all the things that you want me to have. Let me walk in the blessing. Remember this, it's God's will for you to be promoted. As long as you're in line with his word, You don't have to fight. Well, I mean, you have to fight, but if you're fighting with God, he wins because you have his armor, but you don't have to beg. You don't have to beg for what's already yours. In the kingdom, it's already ours. When I pulled up to a drive-thru, as long as my kids were alive, and they are, and they were hungry, and they are, they never said, Dad, wait a minute, I'll pay for that. My son, who played the drums today, awesome drummer, man, we'd be in there, and he'd like, I need a Baconator. I'm like, no, you don't. You can get four Bacon Junior things for the price of one bacon. Eat four sandwiches, be happy. And he's like, have you ever tasted the difference between a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger and a Baconator? No, son, I have not compared the price. He said, enough said. But they never were concerned about if dad was paying. And I didn't want them to be concerned. I told my sister, I kind of get this from her. We go to her house for lunch. There's always plenty. Always. She'll be like, help yourself. There's plenty more. Because she believes in generosity. And she loves her family. So she makes sure that they, they don't. If you leave her house and you're hungry, it's your own fault. So I said, I'm going to do that. So when. Our kids come over to our house on Sunday. We always make sure we have plenty. Because I want them to know, listen to this principle. In Father's house, there's always more than enough. Now, I am certainly not God, but I do represent in my house my Father. God wants to promote you. He wants to get you to places that you've dreamed about. But you have to help. It's not a free ride. The free ride is heaven. Jesus paid for that. And actually, all of this is paid for too, but you have to put your hand to it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?